0: Hello, everybody. We are back with the brews and backhands here. Uh, we've been out in absent a little bit, uh, you know, had some, the season kind of slowed down. We had some, some smaller tournaments. We'll talk about that uh, and uh, some of the other stuff in today's podcast. Uh, alongside me here, I've got some, some good friends that are still, still joining me in the podcast. We're missing a, a fellow comrade. He uh, thought video gaming was more important than this. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure we give him some problems and and heckle him later. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves again?
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, Pat Pohop. Um, I'm your uh, retired tennis pro. Um, just kind of going rogue these days. But I'm uh, I'm based out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I'm looking forward to talk, talking some shop today with you boys.
2: I am Marty Pohop, um, younger brother of Pat Pohop. Um, I am also a retired... Tennis pro slash player, based out of Northwest Indiana, and ready to get my fix of tennis for the day.
0: All right, we before we kick off today, we'll start today's unofficial sponsor of uh, Taxman Brewing Company. It is a local uh, ta- beer brewery uh, down there in Bargersville, Indiana. Uh, if you ever want some good beer, uh, they are you know always you know thinking of some new things. They've got one down in Bargersville. Uh, downtown Indianapolis. And he's also got one up in Fortville. Uh, So if you get a chance to hop in, you know, hop in one of the three locations, but the best one is probably the one down in Bargersville. Um, They've always got, you know, strong, strong beers, um, very tasty, and you can never go wrong with a good pub and, and beer food. So we'll talk today. Uh, Let's, let's get things off. We've got Fritz uh, in the top five uh, for the first time. Um, you know it's it's wild to see an American in the top five. i I didn't think that would ever happen again. you know besides oh. besides uh, Old you know jo- Johnny, Johnny Isner there in the top ten. <laughs> That's the latest one that that popped in, but Fritz went above him in the top five. so what are your what are you guys going for? what is What are your thoughts? I
2: am. Obviously, excited because you don't really yeah. see <laughs> an American. Obvi- it's been since 2009, Andy Roddick was the last American to be in the top five. So it's exciting for American tennis. I think it's, I don't think he has kind of the star power that like a Roddick had um, or any previous American players before Roddick. But it's somebody for American players to look up to, at least. You know, a guy like him can get to the top five. You know, it's someone for kids to look up to and younger players, kind of the next generation, even behind him. He's only 25 years old, but there's still another generation that's always going to be up and coming. So I think it's exciting. Um, I think it'll also inspire his peers that are currently on the tour. Like, oh, Fritz did it. You know, I can, you know, crack the top 10, top five, and it kind of just creates that competitive atmosphere amongst the American players. So hopefully that generates more and more getting into the higher rankings of the sport.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's it definitely is uh, exciting news. It's nice to have the the red, white, and blue back in there. I mean, it's incredible achievement. I mean, being top five in anything is no joke. So I, uh, I definitely didn't think, I always thought Fritz was like his ceiling was like top 20 potential in my opinion, but the fact he, he cracked the top five, I mean, he proved me wrong, like good for him. And it's, it's one of those where I feel like especially is, I mean, who knows when uh, Rafa and Novak will decide to hang it up or <laughs> they, they start tailing off, but like, it's, it's kind of a free for all with a lot of these other guys right now, like who's going to take over the helm? And it's—you know—so It's, you know, so it's, um, maybe Fritz just looked at like, hey, like, why not me? You know, so it's, I mean, he won in Ian Wells last year, and um, he's had some good results, and he seems to be handling the pressure well, so um, you know, he's got a good team around him, it seems like, too, so it's you know, he's got, got a big serve and a big forehand, which you gotta have on the, the ATP tour to to do some damage, so but, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully it's it'll, it'll be interesting with I mean, he's got to deal with, like, his real first true tests of Pressure with defending Indian Wells, so that'll be interesting to see how he handles that. But um, overall, you know, definitely very exciting for him, and I think for the state of American tennis, particularly on the men's side, with him achieving something like that.
0: No, I I agree. I mean, you know, clearly there, Marty. You said you know hasn't been done since two thousand nine. You know, since since Andy Roddick, and you know, unfortunately, Andy Roddick lost to a uh, a final to you know, unfortunately, Roger in the Wimbledon, uh, tough, tough break. You know, had had every chance and couldn't win it. Uh, but honestly, seeing Fritz, yeah, we
1: hope
0: we hope you're in, so you can tune in and and give me the middle finger, you know, <laughs> a big old fuck you. Ah, uh, but I, I mean, it's it's huge. You know, it is nice to see American tennis slowly getting themselves back into that normal of, you know, maybe showing who they are. That you know, it's not just your you know, massive serve and big forehands, you know, th- th- your all around game has to, has to come up. Um, I think Fritz has definitely worked on quite a bit in the off season, clearly, cause it showed, um, you know, he's not that, you know, the, the round and pound, you know, player of playing for the backfield. Um, I think he can definitely volley and, and work on some things. Um, but you know, his game has gotten a lot better. Uh, I think his movement has improved a little bit, uh, a little bit more agile on the court. Uh, he can get around a little bit easier. Um, so it's it's nice to see an American actually for for once get up there in the top five and uh, you know actually do something. So like I said, it's, it hasn't been done since 2009, and I would like to see more Americans get that way. But we've got a lot of work to kind of to kind of get to that point. Um, we'll kind of go as well into into something like this. I mean, it's it's you know it's not a, a bag on Fritz. You know, both both guys are are solid, but you know, Shapo did something that. You know, it, it doesn't happen. He took a golden, you know, had had a golden set off Fritz. Um, you know, that's didn't didn't lose a serve on uh, on his side in the first set. That's massive. Um, you know, and won at seven five in the first, and then ended up losing the match. That's nice little. <laughs> you know, Fritz kind of gave him the middle finger on that one. Say so you can win the first one, and I'll win the next two. So
2: nothing says welcome to the top five, Fritz. Like losing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> on
2: someone else's serve
0: <laughs> but again i mean is not a guy you want to take lightly either though i mean that big that left big lefty forehand is huge um and you know his his ball striking is has gotten better and better he hits the ball just so hard um you know he's got some stuff to work on but you know still to take a you know take a golden set and not lose anything you not know, lose a point on your serve against a top five player. I mean, that's huge. You know, it just shows that tennis and the younger generation is coming up and it's, I think, I feel like we, we are in for a uh, treat, you know, later down in, you know, in, in the years to come that, you know, American and, or tennis in general is going to get only better and better uh, when the top guys retire. Um, I think we've got our making of who's, who's the question is, is who's going to, going to make that next point to, to go up. Is honestly what it comes down to is who's going to make that next step um and that's what these guys are trying to prove right now yeah
2: yeah
1: it'll be interesting i mean it's it's good to see yeah Chapo, i've always been a fan um you know kyle i know you're always like ride or die Chapo, which i i respect um he is a lot of fun to watch like he's definitely one of the oh. most athletic guys on the tour you know he seems like a total bro you know but it's like it's just and on any given day, he he could take a set or even beat like any anybody because his game is so explosive. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, props to Fritz to be able to like just essentially get like no momentum off on a serve <laughs> in a set, but then able to still win it. So props to him. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's kind of a it's still kind of up in the air right now with the with the men's side. Um, you know, outside of. Uh, Novak and Rafa, but it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, hopefully Fritz, you know, um is a guy that that'll continue to ascend. Indian Wells will be a good test.
2: I think too, uh, going along with the whole Fritz storyline here, I think it does show that you know you lose twenty four straight points on somebody else's serve. You know, he can't even win a point, an entire set on Chapo's serve, but still wins the match. Shows that he knows how to find ways to win even when things aren't going right and I think that is a mentality or a characteristic of you know of a top player you know you see Rafa how many times has he come back from a set down or Djokovic or Federer or whoever and I think Fritz definitely doesn't have the resume that those guys do but I think he's showing you know characteristics here and there that he can do that and i think that was an example that shopo match so that was good to see i liked it
0: i agree i mean i mean like i said you took the words pretty much right out of my mouth there there marty i mean it, it was nice to see it just shows that you know to be the top five it's all about your mental strength and and how tough you can be so and that right there to show that you've lost that much on your on the in the first set but still come out on top Um, I mean, even watching some of the points you're going like, it just, he just looked off, like he could not get anything going. And some of the serves weren't, weren't too huge, but he just was like either tanking it and just couldn't, couldn't hit anything. It was wild, but to kind of sit down after the first set and go gather your thoughts. I mean, that takes a lot of mental toughness to overcome something. Um, and I think that's what a top five player is, is it's that mental it's everybody has the talent when you're, when you're on the tour. But it's that extra five percent of mental toughness that if you can get that out or even extra one percent out of yourself instead of giving that full hundred, you're now one hundred and one percent of uh, and the one percent that extra mental toughness uh, really shows that he's dedicated and that he's not he's just not here for for the for a short time. He wants to stay in it for the long haul. Absolutely.
1: Does he still a antagon as his coach? or who's? He did at least
2: at that. Um, Who's his coach? I'm trying to unblanking on. Enough. I know Anacone there. Michael Russell was. Also I think he does. Michael Russell. I think that's who it is. Yeah. Who's a former touring pro or touring bro?
0: Michael. Michael Russell is his coach. Michael Russell says, so "Fritz's coaching team is consistent of Russell, Anacone, and then Wolfgang Oswald for his physio." Okay. So he still has. He still has both but that's, I mean, to have Paul Anacona as, as part of the team, I mean, that's huge.
1: Dude, Michael Russell pulled off like the ultimate journey journeyman move. Um, I don't know what year, shockingly, I don't remember what year it was, but he literally, he literally played a tournament in Egypt. Sorry not to go off on a tangent, but when I heard Michael Russell, I was like this guy like pulled (laughs) off like a legendary move of a guy who's like barely hanging on to like his, his tour card essentially. Um, Played in a tournament in Egypt, and he, the the winnings were so little from the term. And he won the he won the event, but the winnings were so little that he actually lost money off of like traveling there, yeah, you know, you know, paying the entry fee, you know, the hotel training, all that. Lost money, but he got enough points to get into actually Indian Wells. He played it because he was like, he's like, I can win the event, I get an Indian Wells. And then he won a couple rounds in Indian Wells. And he ended up having like a pretty healthy ROI um, because of what he did playing in Egypt. He was like, so some of these guys, like their they're journeymen, like they do stuff like that. Cause I mean, cause you don't really make that much money unless you get into like these marquee massive, and obviously the grand slam. So Michael Russell was like, yeah, guys like him, that aren't big names. They'll they'll make moves like that sometimes to like lose money to ultimately make money. But um, <laughs> ironically, I think it was Indian Wells that, that, uh, that he ended up, you know, cashing in pretty well. So, it, um, but yeah, now now he's now he's he's apparently doing something to help out Fritz. So it's it's uh, it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Michael that's Russell, a good...
1: you're welcome. That I brought yeah. that to life. Props to you, bro.
0: I just a little Michael. bit that you don't remember the year. You're uh, you're our knowledge <laughs> book. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. No, I'm sorry no offense michael russell but a lot of your achievements I, I don't really remember the year but but i do remember that little rendezvous you did and it pulled off so
2: yeah
0: all right so we'll kind of like I said, with actually a funny thing so that's our next topic today is you know indian wells kind of talking about it um you know let's kind of go with the maybe our top three um you know for possible wins you know you've got a favorite um, you know, maybe our sleeper pick, and you know, maybe the outcast that you know may may not have it, doesn't stand a chance, but you know could possibly do something. Uh, Pat, why don't you Marty? Why don't you kick us off here with with your top three? I would
2: say the top three, meaning one our pick, two maybe a dark horse, and three someone no one sees coming going to win the tournament. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I yeah pretty much. Okay, I would go with. I mean, Djokovic or Rafa, you can't really count them out. I think Rafa's
0: out, though. Is he out of the tournament? Yeah, yeah.
1: And Djokovic, is he... I don't think he can play, right?
0: Uh, I think they're still figuring out his card. I believe he oh. can. Okay. I think they're trying to still trying to figure out that issue, but I, I, I believe he can play, but okay. that's still TBD.
2: Gotcha. Okay. If he can play, I mean, I would say Djokovic would be... Someone I would choose. Um I mean it's Djokovic, so you can't really bet against him. Um a dark horse? It's gotta be Grigor. He's gotta be my dark horse to uh, <laughs> yeah. pull that I thing.
1: love that pick.
2: <laughs> really pull out <laughs> and you know, surprise us all, um, but at the same time not surprise us all. Uh, <laughs> And then in terms of someone that, you know, at least for me, Kyle, I know you're not going to like this, but someone I wouldn't see coming who would win this tournament is Chapo. I think if he can string some tennis together and be level-headed, I think that's one of his issues is sometimes his mental game is there's so much peaks and valleys where it kind of throws his game off a little bit if he can really string it together i would say he would be one guy that i wouldn't see coming that could make a deep run in this tournament you know the court surface kind of plays to his favor it's a hard court which i think is his best surface um i know he's had a deep run at wimbledon but i would still say consistently hard court is still his best surface um especially compared to you know clay or any of the indoor surfaces so it'll be interesting and I'd like to see him do well especially for a one-handed backhand which I'm obviously partial to um, and I like his one-handed backhand I think it'd be entertaining to see that
1: I actually I kind of like that Chapo pick a little bit because it, it I mean Marty to what you're saying you know and Kyle, not we're not just talking about it because I mean, you know, you wave his pom poms, but like, <laughs> like Andy- I do a lot
0: more than that, buddy. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's he's got big
1: strokes, so it's like, like, uh, like they're not the it's not, he's got a lot, he needs time, so it's, I feel like, to Marty's point, on a hardcore, it's his best surface, arguably, and he's got time at Indian well, so it's not, I, I kind of like that dark horse pick. Um, I'd say for me. You know, barring Djokovic being able to play, that's interesting. I mean, they must be coming out to the 11th hour um, for him to see if he's eligible to play. Um, but he, he I, I feel like he, you got to make him the favorite. Um, I'd say also, too, it'll be interesting to see. You got to throw Mevinev in there. Um, I mean, he's literally won the last two events with Rotterdam and Qatar, and he's in the final of Dubai, um, where he could very well. I mean, it's it, I will say it's kind of a blessing and a curse when you have that much success because he's not going to come in as the freshest because he's had so much tennis. But, I mean, he's really hot right now. But he's but historically, at in Indian Wells, he's played like shit. So it's, you know, he even lost to, a, like, an 18-year-old Sissipas there. You know, so it's <laughs> like it's not that uh, he just hasn't had a... He hasn't had great results, in Indian Wells, but I think you got to throw him in there because, as of right now, he's the hottest player on tour, and he just beat Djokovic in straight sets. So, um, and I'd say, I guess as my dark horse. Oof. I'm trying to think. I like the Chapo pick, but I'm trying to think who I'd uh, – I mean, I don't – I mean, Grigor would be kind of funny, but I don't really see him making too much too – much <laughs> there um i don't
0: know i mean you got casper rude i mean you got okay. tiafo
1: i think i was just about to say i think i'll do tiafo I, I i like hopefully we'll see because tiafo he's had some good momentum and i think he's due for a pretty good result he's had a little bit of a slump a little disappointing result in aussie i'll throw tiafo in there as um you know as somebody who who makes makes it to the second week that's my, uh, that's my three. Djokovic, barring he plays Medvedev because he's he's the guy right now, and then we'll throw Tiafo in there.
0: That's a good one. You guys are over here, you guys are touching my heart, make me want to cry with with Shapo over here. I appreciate Honestly,
1: it. Honestly, I would I would love it. Like I, I that's I, the thing that that would be awesome if he just came out and just won it.
0: I love I love his game. It's 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 so different than than some because I mean he just goes out there and just doesn't care. You know, it's kind of like he just just smacks the ball. He, I think he. Can, I think if he could control himself, I and mean, I think he's been working on it. You can definitely tell as he's playing, um, he doesn't go balls to the wall anymore. You know, back in two, I think it was twenty one or nineteen um, when he played. I believe it was. Uh, oh, who's the French player um, that retired back back then?
1: In which year? <laughs>
0: Uh, I think it was 19. He looked like a boxer. You
1: talking about Songa?
0: Yes. I remember when he played Songa at, uh, I believe it was in 19. I think he made it, I think it was like the second round. I think it was the second round or third round. Um, he just was like just blasting the ball 24 7. And I'm like, dude, I was like, you're not going to win a match going going that way 24, you know, all the whole time. Um, but you could definitely tell from then until now, he has definitely sharpened up his game. Um, he doesn't hit the ball, you know. It's hard. He still goes for it. I think he goes for a little too much, um, but he's definitely worked a lot, a lot on that, um, and it's definitely gotten a lot better. His serve is still a little, little rock like rocky. Um, it can have a lot of falls. Um, I think he double faults quite a bit, and he gets a little choosy, but. Again, yeah, I think that's I think that's a great pick. I mean, he definitely is is a massive, you know, person. that, you know, I, I wouldn't see coming. Uh, I would say as the, you know, maybe a, a dark horse. I would say a, I'd say possibly a Yannick Center. Um, he's kind of slowly been playing better. Um, I mean, I think he you know he's he's done well. He's a you know I think he he enjoys the hard courts. Um, I mean, everybody saw what he did in twenty two at. Uh, US Open uh, when he made it to the semis, um, playing Alcaraz, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So that match was just phenomenal tennis back and forth. So he's definitely increased his game a lot on the hard court. Um, I feel like he's, you know, usually I feel like he's done a lot better on like the clay, uh, clay courts the last couple of seasons, but he's definitely upped his game on, on the hard court 100%. Um, you know, I, I, everybody says you know Novak um, as the favorite. I mean, everybody wants to go that way, but I think Carlos Alcaraz is honestly. I'd say I'd put him as the top as a favorite. Honestly, you know, he's he's good at what he does. I've never seen you know some of the some of the uh, points that he played against at I think it was a small clay court tournament. I've never seen him play that good a tournament, that good a tennis, and move around as much as he does than than him um and i feel like him and novak are kind of similar for sliding wise and getting and hitting miraculous points that you think that there's no way they're hitting and, and getting back and they hit one for a winner um but i would say i'd put him as probably the favorite you know over novak honestly
1: it's a that's a it's an interesting pick because i feel like because he when he came back he won uh i think it was, was it was a rio and then he just then they played he Just it, 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 so he won his first tournament back and then he played some other clay court event. I can't, I'm blanking on what it was. And he lost in the final to Cam. Norrie. Oh,
0: yeah, to Cam. Yeah, Nori. Um, and he oh, uh, uh,
1: and he got but he got uh, injured, so it's like Alcaraz was like on his way to winning and then he got injured. So he's definitely oh, he's injured again. He, yeah, because in the middle of the match, he he appeared to have injured his hamstring. Um, he was up like a set 3 0, and then all of a sudden. He had to call the trainer. He got massive strapping on his leg and, and then it, it still ended up being like a three set epic, but he clearly was not a hundred percent. So, I mean, yeah, if, if he's, if he's close to or at hundred percent yeah, he's definitely going to be a threat.
0: Uh, oh, 100%. so he's that's,
1: that's, 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 yeah, definitely worth mentioning. We just hope that he's healthy.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if he's not healthy, you know, I, I would honestly go with probably your your other pick would be De- uh, Medvedev, I'd say. You know, he's definitely he's not a guy you wanna take lightly. Um, he is definitely moving up the rankings uh, quickly. Um, I know he's, you know, slowly went from, you know, looks like he was at eight, you know, and now he's at number one or number seven. Um, and I think he's only gonna keep climbing from there and keep going up. You know, I think he wants that number one spot, um, but, you know, he's gonna have to take it from Novak and, and that's not an easy task.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and especially too, because Novak. I mean, if he three hundred
0: seventy-eight weeks at number one,
1: which is insane. Like that's just that's especially in the era of like Nadal, <laughs> and he's he now has the he overtook Steffi even on the Yeah, lead. I mean that's incredible. I mean he's he you can just tell he's literally just out there to break every single record. I mean that's just he's. From a stats standpoint, he just, he wants to be the undisputed goat um, and he's well on his way from a number standpoint.
0: Oh. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's unrecognized. Everybody sees it and he wants it. And like, it's just crazy how he went from, you know, I think he was what four, six behind Rafa and Roger. And in a matter of like three years, he was like two behind. You know, yeah. So it just shows of how quick he can win win tournaments in the big majors, um, fast, because that's just who he is as a person. So it's it's insane. Um, But yeah, I think this Indian Wells tournament is is a great one, Uh, and that that always leads into you know the next the week after is Miami. Uh, So they go straight from from one you know nice sunny place and where there's no humidity straight to the humid part. Um, and I think D- Novak has kind of had a little bit of a problem with that humid. Um, the ball doesn't travel as the, as well. Um, I think the ball's a little bit slower. So I think it kind of causes him a little bit of issues. And I don't think he's won the tournament in a, in a while.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's been a it's been, one Miami. I think
0: it's, so I would say, you know, something like that, even, you know, it's hard to really put Novak to win that one just because he's had issues. And I think it's because of the, that, that Florida heat is, is a little bit different. Um, the ball doesn't move as quick. And I think that's what he's used to. He wants that quick fast ball that, you know, most hard courts kind of give and down there, it doesn't give that it's a little bit slower. The ball kind of almost kind of sits up like a clay, um, just due to the, the hot, humid weather of Florida. So, but I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens at both tournaments. Yeah, no,
1: for sure. I think, I think, speaking of Djokovic in Miami, I think, ironically, Djokovic's first Master 1000 title was Miami. Um, which, but it's not, but it's one of those that doesn't seem to suit his game. I mean, he's a hardcore, anytime he's on any type of hardcore, he's going to be a threat. But that particular event seems to have, like, there in Cincinnati,
2: but
0: all right um so let's kind of move into you know here we've got you know pat i think and, and marty uh unfortunately he'll, ha- he'll have to come back on it looks like he had a little bit of a you know house problem um yeah. so we've got uh fritz and 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 tp you know tommy paul at the acapulco final uh, t- speaking of fritz you know top five player uh playing in a final of uh you know all american final it's huge uh for american tennis tommy paul is you know he made it to the uh semis of Aussie Open this year. Um so seeing him make it to the Aussie, you know, to the Aussie Open final and then now making it to an actual final of Acapulco. I mean, it's not a big tournament, but it's still pretty a decent size. I think it's a, I think it's what a five two fifty?
1: Yeah, I think it's a two fifty it might be a five hundred, but it's I mean it's still a you know, it's still an an event that, you know, the players know about for sure and you'll get some good good names in there
0: um, year after year. Yeah. So it'll, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, so, I mean, even talking about, you know, just these two guys making it. So, you know, I feel that over the last multiple years, you know, we've even seen it, you know, from, you know, Andy Roddick, you know, and, and, and moving up, um, you know, we feel like American tennis is missing something, you know, clearly there's a disconnect from the 1970s and eighties and nineties, You know early 2000s as you know you had uh agassi and sampras you know retiring towards that towards that time frame um you know they were always in the top five you know top five top you know top one and two for 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 the you know men's side you know i feel like american tennis is missing something uh, to constantly stay in that top ten top five like what is it would you say that american tennis is missing that they need to work on to try to stay at that point. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's. I mean, there's a lot of things I feel like you could, you could talk about or consider with that question. I would say for me, one thing that comes to mind, at least is like, when you mentioned, like, obviously like in the eighties and the nineties, you know, how prevalent and dominant American tennis was. When I think about the players, those eras, like they were trailblazers. Like there was something that, to me, like, came out that it's like they they upped the level of the game or they re- reinvented something like like Sampras brought the serve uh, to a whole new level um, in the running forehand. You know, Agassi with his return game. And then a lot of it was, like, he, he was kind of the foundation for, like, the modern ground stroke. You know, like, even when you watch him hit now, his his strokes were timeless. You know, he, he kind of, like, the shorter swing and – and, and being able to be efficient from the baseline. I mean, that's a lot of the men's game. Um, and when I think about American players now, like they're not, they're not trailblazers. They're somebody that they're just, they're just a carbon copy of like, a lot of it is a carbon copy. In my opinion, of Roddick, which is like outdated. It's getting better where it's not just big serve, big forehand, but I just think that, you know, part of it is like these guys, like they're getting good results, but to me, it's like they're still one dimensional. Um, you know, and it's I, and I also think too, it's that that to me is a little bit of it. is there just there's still this one dimensional? And the other piece as well, and this isn't just for American tennis, but especially on the men's side, is, you know to, in my mind, we have witnessed watching the three best players of all time the last fifteen, twenty years. So it's like, they have been so greedy and have just completely dominated the tour. So it's been hard for anybody to really make their own mark, um, let alone American players. So I think a combination of the American men being a little one-dimensional, you know, big sir, big forehand, and the fact that we've had three of the greatest players to ever pick up a racket, um, you know, is reason why that we haven't seen um, breakthroughs that we like, that we, that we, that we would like to see. But I, at the same time, I feel like it's eventually like, obviously Roger's gone. Um, You know, Rafa, he, he continues to defy the odds with the injuries, but you can't do that forever. Um, You know, Novak, he's a guy too, where it's like, I mean, it's, who knows, you know, how how much longer he's going to stay. But I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, there's a little bit of light there where it's like, okay, I can see maybe, who knows? I I honestly don't really see it this year, but I'm like, hey, who knows? Maybe 2024, maybe 2025, I can see an American Bale, you know, bagging a major.
0: So do you think it's more of like a like a confidence issue that when they know that they have to go up against and, and play these other guys that are winning all these tournaments 24-7, that there's an issue that they're like, they can't break that barrier because they feel that they they'll never reach that point? Or...
1: I think it, I mean, I think it used to be that way. Like I feel now, in my opinion, when players go up against, let's say Rafa or Novak, it's not like before. And when Roger was playing, when you would play that, those guys, the first set was one before they even set on the court. Like they just, they had that edge. Now I feel like any of these guys, when they're playing Rafa, maybe Rafa and Clay still has that effect probably, but typically <laughs> Rafa, Rafa or Novak, I think like a lot of these, like, guys we've talked about is like had, that have shown promise or even if like snuck in a major, um, they're not scared to play those guys. I feel like they relish it. They're like, Hey, I want to, I want to play the, the goats, um, and take them on. So I, I think now there's not so much of like that psychological edge. I just think that Rafa and Novak, they're just better players. You know, it's just one of those two. It's like, I know they're getting older, but it's like, they're more talented. They have more of a complete game. Um, they've been there time and time again. So it's like, if they're playing their best game, they're going to kick your ass. They And they're fantastic at problem solving. So I think that, you know, it's it's a combination of those things. You know, so I just think it's sometimes when when these Americans lose, it's like, well, they're losing to a better player. So... But as far as, like the secret sauce or what they're missing. <laughs> it, it, I mean, honestly, it, it's hard to say, like, you know, that I will say a couple, I think it was a couple years ago, Jim Currier, um, Cause he, he hasn't really been shy about like kind of saying to these American players, like they're being prima donnas. They're not working hard enough. Um, I mean, he, he laid into a lot of guys on like a, a tennis channel live a couple of years ago. He's like, yeah, these guys are out partying or they're not, they're not
0: committing, playing video good. games at yeah. night, you know,
1: Yeah, like that kind of stuff, and it's like, you know, so who knows? I mean, that that could be the other piece, too, is like, you know, maybe they just – they're just not putting in the same amount of work and dedication as um, the guys across the pond. You know, that's – I think that's definitely something that was probably happening a couple years ago, but, you know, as of now, it's – I think it's – to me, especially – Like if I if I'm like a if I'm a guy outside of Novak and Rafa, like the U.S. Open is something where I'm like I've got I've got a real shot to to take it because that's been kind of the theme I feel like the last you know two or three years. So, but as far I I wish I had more of like a a a
0: a tangible answer there, but
1: (laughs) that's just kind of kind of how I'm looking at it. We're we're kind of in a weird spot.
0: No, I mean I like I said I just, you know, always play devil's advocate, you know, just always try to try to poke the bear and see what see what people think and see. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's 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 definitely an interesting topic to talk about. You know, I feel like we could always, you know, I mean we could even make a full topic on American tennis and what's going on. But I think a lot of it really stems down from, you know, we are always, you know, like you said, one dimensional. That's all we see is just we're serving forehand, serving forehand, serving forehand. That's all we see, you know, and you've got you know, you've got your Novak's. I mean, even Casper Rude, who's not a, you know, a major player. He's top, you know, top five, you know, and and has stayed there. But even he can, you know, volley the ball. He comes in and, and volleys. He's got an all-around game. Yes, it may not be pretty, um, and he may not, you know, smack the ball to, you know hard as shit, but he goes in there and just gets the ball back in play and then can, you know, can play an all all-around, all-around court game. And I think that's what a lot of our tennis is missing is that we are just so one, one style, one, you know, one motion of Roddick, Roddick, Roddick. That's all we see of let's get for, you know, serve and volley, serve and volley, serve and volley, yeah, or, and, or first serve and forehand, first serve and forehand, you know, the, bo- the backhand is going to be somewhat of a, of like a, you know, a defense defense shot that they can get in. Um, it's not gonna be powerful. Uh, but I think if they could create it to where they have an all around game, can come in volley the ball work really well, make it hard. You know, do drop shots, overhead. You know, overhead's easy. I mean, I think that's what really so, cl- you know solidifies the top, the uh, upper guys of your Novaks, your Rafa. You know, Rafa's Even Rafa, if you've ever watched him volley a ball, I mean, it's not the prettiest thing in the world. But I'm telling you right now, he's he's got still an all-around court game. He can volley the yep. volley the ball. You know, yep. he's not. That's not his game, and that's not his style but that's who he is as a player is that he is, he still can do those things um, because he's where he works on it. You know, he knows that's not his strong point. And I think that's what we lack is that we don't work on the, on our, on our weak points. We always just keep going to our, our strong points of how hard can we hit a serve? Can we get it? And he said, if not, we need to work on our, on, on where we're going to hit that next ball. If it's a forehand ball, you know, we need to place the ball a little bit better and maybe work on that and getting, working the ball and working the court a little bit to your advantage and then maybe coming in to, to, you know, volley it out, Um, you know, make those guys work for that extra point. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, your Samprises and Agassiz, you know, I'm pretty certain that those guys were probably not the greatest volleyers, but they could still come in and volley it. You know I mean? I mean, hell you look at, at Agassiz and, and Sampras, both those guys have have amazing, you know, some good touch. I mean, you even go back to McEnroe Who's probably got one of the best touches in the game. You know, he, yes, he was a, you know, a grade A in class A asshole, but mm-hmm. the the touch that he can get on the ball is, was insane. You yep. know, you're not getting any of those volleys back.
1: I, and I will say too, I feel like the other piece, and I, and I agree with you, like, on, like a lot of those points with, with the Americans is like, you know, they, they they've got to, they've got to develop, you know, playing C's, playing, um, playing D stuff like that. Um, I also think, too, especially on the men's side, like, is they seem to ride off the clay court season, for the most part. Like, it's, you've got a couple of these rinky-dink clay court events in America that a lot of these guys play. Um, It's not even, like, the same clay that's over in in France and in Spain, and, like, with the Houston tournament, and I think there's a couple others, and, um, you know, so it's, like, especially on the clay side of it, it's American men. It's to me, it's, it's a joke, you know, it's, they don't even seem to, you know, there might be a guy that makes a decent run at, at one of the, one of the masters one thousands. Um, if, if, if American male makes like the third round of the French open, it's like (laughs) a victory, you know, it's (laughs) it's, it's, seriously, that's the other thing is
0: like, we pop in bottles of champagne. If that happens.
1: Yeah, seriously. Like, (laughs) The clay court season is a, uh, is a, uh, you know, it's a third of the year. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big deal, and it, it's, it, it's, it, it holds one of the most coveted uh, titles, with the French Open. So I, I just that part kind of irritates me a little bit too. Um, you know, Agassi was the last guy to win the French um, in '99. He was the last guy to make a French quarter as well.
0: Oh gosh.
1: In, uh, in 03, '03, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was buying, you know and like so it's just it, it's it's crazy it's crazy that it's you know that i i think from that standpoint too that kind of irritates me that you know I, that, that like we're coming up on a part of the year where particularly the american men are just not relevant at all um so that part to me also needs to change
0: I mean, I think a lot of that plays into the reason why we probably can't stay in the top 10 and top five is that, you know, we play in these, you know, there's at least two to three, you know, I'd say at least two. And then you've got Barcelona, the Spain one, that's a Masters, what, 750, I think, 500, 750 uh, Barcelona uh, match. So you've got Monte Carlo and then you've got Madrid that are both Masters 1000s and then you've got Barcelona in between those that are that's a 750 500 tournament and and then after then you know you've got a couple other you know stuff that kind of pops in you know even geneva switzerland you know tournament um you know you've got all these tournaments that are that are clay that the, the men can step up and try to do something but they can't so i think that's a lot of the reasons why we can't stay in the top five we'll get to that point until it gets to the clay court season and then it's just like well here we go tumbling you know and it's just like a flip of a coin. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Oh Atlanta, oh we lost. Head, you know, heads you win, tails we lose. So it's a it's a lose-lose situation. Um I think we definitely need to get a lot better at the clay court season. Um you know and I think that will consistently keep us to that point of staying in that top five and not just dropping off like a rock.
1: Yeah. I mean it's something too like I get it like especially now I mean Rafa is still like uh, on any given day, he's the guy to be. Novak, obviously, is a phenomenal clay corner. You know, fits pass. That, I mean, that he's he's proven some really good results on clay. So it's like I know you got a couple guys that you know they're they're kind of like the the standard, but it's still it's just like it, it just like all these guys. Either they, some of them don't even play some of those Masters, one thousands that you mentioned, and then other ones they just flame out after like a round or two, and it's like to your point, like you, you gotta you got to be able to, to do a little bit of damage on the dirt, you
0: know, something, to,
2: something,
1: you
0: know, cause it, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can play on, you know, you can play on the hard court, you can play on the grass, you know, but the grass season's only like a month and a half long. If that, you know, it's not a very long time timeframe. Um, and, you know, both from Australian open to us open, there's a pretty big gap of, you know, hardcore and the, the surface as well plays a little bit different. You know, but I would say every bit of probably, you know, I, almost half of the season is probably, you know, like you said, you know, if I'd say third or half, if not over almost half is clay court, you know, and that's just where we can't keep that going. Because even even after, you know, French, there's still our other smaller clay court tournaments that, that are played. But yeah. I just feel like we just, we don't even play in them because we know it's pointless and we're not going to go lose. But I think if they need to play some of those smaller tournaments, and try to get those, you know, get people interested, get people watching, and I think that they can, you know, I mean, again, they may beat up on some of these guys, and it's going to be kind of like, a, you know, some of these guys thinking they can get a, a, pay, a quick payday, um, you know, some of the guys that are not up there in, in, in ranking-wise, but if they, if our men's tennis and American tennis can go to those tournaments, maybe they can win one and feel that confidence and try to figure out what they need to work on, you know, and I think a lot of it's just, I don't think we know how to slide efficiently on clay. We know how to do it on hard court. You know, we do it on grass, even though it's probably not the smartest thing, but I think it's, it's, it's clay is the issue is that we don't know how to slide efficiently and then recover and recuperate back from that slide. You know, I think we're, we're off. We're, you know, we're about a, I'd say half a step to a step off of that next ball. Yeah. So yeah, it's, Uh, it's interesting. So I think I think they definitely that's something they definitely need to work on. Um, hopefully they will. You know definitely with Fritz. You know I think he, you know it's I feel like now it's harder because he's got you know I think he has a kid. Um, you know I think he's got a fiance. I don't think he's married yet.
1: Yeah, he's got. He seems to have. You know at least like a girlfriend or somebody because they always uh, show her like in her and yeah. it seems to be so. in like a committed relationship somebody yep
0: so i think he's got that and i think he even has a kid so i mean you know even to train consistently and hard um like that it's it's it is tougher when when you have a family to to, to do um, and try to you know hang out with your kid give them that attention um but again so does novak you know and and he yeah. somehow manages to do it and he still has stayed at the top one you know so i think they need to put some of those priorities and figure out what the, what's what comes what comes first you know, does your career come first, you know, and then, you know, work out the family with, with everything later. And I think that's what we need to figure out is yeah. what are, what are you putting above, above what you want? You know, is, is this a life? Is this a goal of wanting to consistently play tennis and keep it at that level? Or is this just a, you know, hobby that you're just on the, on the tour?
1: Right. No, it's very true. So, 100%. um,
0: <laughs> well, so we'll get into a little bit of, of, uh, you know what we were talking about earlier just in the in the, the the chat here. you know Pat, you hit on a couple things of you know Medvedev on a, on a hot and streaky run. Um, you know I know that right now they don't announce where they're from. Uh, you know the, the, the those kind of the players and his his kind. Um, I, I don't I'm not a fan of that. I think it's kind of you know I get I get the whole the whole issue. Um, you know it's a whole again, we could get on it we're not getting in political wise um i just don't think it's they these guys can't choose where they're from so putting up where you putting not where putting up where they're where they're from i think is kind of kind of dumb um because again they can't choose where they're from and they can't choose where they're born that just happens to be that nationality they may not even back what's even happening um but they're just they just happen to be along for the ride and because that's where they're from um yeah. So, but again, at diff- different points, um, you know, you've got Medvedev that's on a ma- massive hot streak, just beat Novak uh, today, uh, you know, won the last two tournaments, and now he plays his uh, fellow countryman, uh, Andre Rublev, who has slowly been climbing up the rankings, uh, I think he is now, he's, he's lost uh, one um, to uh, Fritz, unfortunately, Fritz moved up two. Uh, so he's kind of went down, you know, Rafa's went down two. Uh, Rublev's moved down one. Um, you've got technically number seven and number six playing against each other in the final. Um, what is, like, what would you say is your pick, you know, after Medvedev has won the last two tournaments and just beat Novak, can he beat his, his fellow countrymen? And and do you think that, you know, is this going to be an easy match? Is this going to be a harder one?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good battle, um, especially being, I would say most, in my opinion, most tournaments of these guys, if these two guys were to play, I would give Medvedev like a pretty considerable edge. Um, I think he's got more of a complete game, but I think in Dubai, I mean, it's a, it's a low bouncing, fast, hardcore, you know, so that definitely favors Rublev's playing style, but you also got to consider just like you were talking about. I mean, Medvedev has won the last two events, uh, with uh, Rotterdam and Guitar and he just beat Djokovic. It's like even though Djokovic, you know, you could say he's a little rusty because he hasn't played since the Aussie. But um, hey, so it's like a, that's that's ultimately going to give you a confidence boost when you beat, you know, one of the top guys uh, in straight sets. So um, I'd say I'd still give with all the momentum right now. I'd say I'd give Medvedev because he is hard and flat too. Not as hard as Rublev, but he's still right there, um, and he's just. I mean, he's the energizer bunny, you know, going back and forth, and he he barely, he doesn't miss. You know, I I would say Medvedev's going to win this in three sets is my prediction. Um, Just with all the momentum, you know, playing style, surface, and then I don't know what their head-to-head is. Shockingly, I'm not sure what their head-to-head is, but I would guess that Medvedev has a leading head-to-head against them, or against Ruba as well.
0: Let's see what we got here. Uh all-time Medvedev leads leads
1: 4-2. Leads 4-2. Okay. So somewhat somewhat even. I think it's going to be a competitive match, but I I would say Medvedev in 3.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's a solid a solid pick. Um, you know, again, Medvedev, you know, Rublev is definitely not a player you want to take lightly. I mean, he just beats the hell out of the ball. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a guy hit hit a ball harder than than he does like and it's not just on the forehand. It's on the backhand. It's everything. Like, yep. he just crushes the ball so hard. Um, I mean, I think, shit, I, I think I'd lose my stamina after like four of them, yep. you know, if hitting that hard 24 7. So, how he does it for a whole tournament of, you know, three hours, I don't know. Um, but I think that's, you know, 100% on his trainer and, and he, that's the way he trains. Uh, but again, I mean, Nevadev just gets, I mean, you, you'll see him get the balls. It's almost like watching a Novak Djokovic. Um, his yeah. strokes may not be the prettiest and may not be the best, but uh, I mean, he'll get to anything and everything and just hit a winner and you're like, the fuck? What do I do? Yeah. You know, so it's just uh, you know, he'll he'll catch you by surprise, you know, that and see something that you don't see and it and he'll get and he'll win a winner. Um uh, but I I, I I agree with you, you know, definitely I think Medvedev has, has definitely got that in in the top, um and probably a win. Uh, and and I could see it go three. Um, but, you know, I mean, if Medvedev just comes out swinging and and hot and and I could see him weighing it honestly and two, and and just telling Rublev to, you know, shove it pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm better than you, (laughs) but again, they're countrymen, they're fellows. I think, and I think they're pretty good friends off court. Um, most of these guys are, but I feel like they're, they're pretty good friends off court as well. So I think it'll be a pretty good, you know, friendly match. Um, you know, but I think definitely Medvedev has the upper hand for sure.
1: Yeah it be a good popcorn
0: play. I like that. Well, <laughs> Netflix and chill.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so we'll kind of get into, you know, maybe kind of closer, closer to the end of, of today's topic. Um, you know, Murray, you know, you got Mr. You know, Mr. Metal hip. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the doctor even told him he's not going to be, you know, play it a hundred percent. He'll never even play the game. Um, I remember him talking about that pretty hard and uh, he pretty much told the doctor, you know, go fuck yourself, uh, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) you know, in a nicer, in a nicer way than I said it, but, uh, I mean, I I pretty much, he said, you know, Hey, you're not gonna be back to what you, you know, what you're supposed to be and you're not going to play to what your your potential is. And, you know, I think he pretty much said, okay, I'm going to go prove you wrong and show you that, you know, just what I'm doing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm out here to compete with the best. Uh, you know, like I said, they kept showing you know highlights and stuff. And I mean, he saved, I think, two match points against Berrettini. I believe was it was it Berrettini or somebody else? I believe oh, at uh, one tournament.
1: Uh, it was, uh, I think, it was Sinago.
0: That's it. So he yeah. saved like two match points there. Then saved five match points the next round. Yep. And then he saved like another one. And it's, I mean, to save that many match points to know that, you know, you're going to, you're down and losing and you, this is, this is the match to know that you come out and win and win the point to save it, but you do it five separate times. Um, you know, I don't think, I mean, that just shows your your mentality and and his mental toughness is a lot better. I'd say he's probably up there with, with everybody else. You know, he's more of a griper and a complainer on the court. I'm not a fan of that. But his mental toughness that he can do on the court is phenomenal. I've never seen anybody else do it like he does.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely inspiring to the tennis that he's played the last couple months, you know, given where he was even, I mean, basically, what, four or five years ago?
0: I think was, 17. I think he had the hip replacement, I think, it's 17.
1: Like, yeah, I might... almost had like a semi-retirement speech so the fact he's still out there and he's you know he's still being able to compete is is really impressive you know so it's 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 awesome too that he's with all these epics that he's playing and um like these savings of these match points it's really exciting and it's like it's it's inspiring um and I love that and at the same time for me like I, I don't know I'd be curious to see like what, where his head's at is like, is he out there like because he just loves the game, or does he realistically think that he can still threaten to win big tournaments? And it, I mean, if, if to me, if he has any chance, like, granted, I was impressed he got to the Qatar final, like, I didn't even think he'd come close to winning another title. But um, for me, if, if he's gonna like make a run in like a big event, like uh, like a 1000, or let's say even make it the second week of a slam. Um, he's got to have, to me, more, like, business-like performances. Like, he's had so many matches where he's, like, saving match points or he's on the court for three, four, five, <laughs> five hours It's like, incredible efforts. But I'm like, you know, he just, to me, like, that's obviously going to affect him, like, physically, you know, with the fact that he's not 22 anymore. He's got a metal hip, you know. So, to me, he, he's got to have some, like, straight-sec kind of, like, routine victories, and it's easier said than done. I mean, he's obviously playing, you know, against the, the, the best guys in the world. So that's, that's going to be a tough task. But I think to me, like if he, if he's really going to make some sort of like uh, you know, vintage Andy Murray result, he, he's got to have some like business, like performances. It's entertaining as hell, you know, with what he's achieved and when the crowd gets into it and you can see how much it means to him, like, that's awesome. But he's, he he's got to have some of these because I think the guy that he um, saved the five match points from I've never even heard of before. So I just um, not taking oh. away from Murray's victory, but I'm just like he's got to he's got to have some like straight set victories just to preserve energy so they're ready to go a little more for the next match.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I completely agree. Um... You know, I think a lot of it comes down to it's it's hard for him to play, you know, some of these guys, and you know, even some, you know, because again, that that's not his style. That's not who he is playing. That's not who he is as a player. You know, he is not the guy that's going to go out there and you know, win it in straight sets, um, and 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 win those those matches. He's he's the guy that's going to go out there and you know, get by. To see what what's gonna happen but again i think that's just that that's that's just who he's been always been as a player is that he's the guy that to real you know, rise and grind these points out to where you're blue in the face and then that's how he ends up winning the match but you know again he's not that young guy anymore and he's also had injury you know had the and had surgery you know the hip replacement you know i think you can definitely tell you know when he gets into those longer points and and playing these other guys that are just you know, just coming, you know, hot out out of the woodworks. You know, I think it definitely does throw him a little bit for a loop. Um, I think it's he's at that point. I think it's kind of taken, a, You can definitely tell it's it's taking a toll on his hip, and yeah. his movement's a little a little stiff um, after some time. Yeah. But it's it's nice to see that he's still out there doing it. And honestly, I think a lot of it, you know, kind of from what you were, you know, hitting on. I think you know, yes, he was talking about retirement wise, but I think a lot of it comes down to. I think he just loves the game that much.
1: Yeah. No, for sure.
0: And, we uh, uh, we. What are you saying? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Step in.
1: Well, I was just saying, Marty, welcome back to you. We were just talking about Murray and all of his uh, his elegance.
2: No. Nah. He is a. Uh, he's a workhorse. That's for sure. I mean, he's like RoboCop. He's like cat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so,
2: he's an anomaly, that's for sure.
0: So, so let's kind of, so let's kind of, let's kind of put these two things together. So, the amount of effort that Murray puts into his his matches and style that just is, you know, he points out as long as possible. You know, again, because he loves the game. And, you know, he may not be able to compete. And I think he knows that he's not going to be able I think he wants to, um, and he tells people that, but I think deep down inside, I think he knows that he's not going to be able to compete with the top guys anymore. Um, He just can't rise and grind. So let's kind of go with this. So let's say if you put Murray's tenacity, you know, I guess tenacious of willing to play and just loving the game, you know, and always putting that more work consistently into an American player. Could that be something that the Americans are missing? Is that they're missing that drive that they just don't see, but they need to, you know, they don't know what that is.
2: That's a good point. Um, You definitely. See Murray's, you know, aggressive competitive nature is up there, you know, amongst the best. And I feel like a lot of these young Americans, uh, you know, Tiafo or I don't know if you consider Jack Sock a young American anymore, but throw Jack, Jack Sock's fat. fat. So
1: oh,
0: wow.
1: <laughs> Dude, throwing cool. throwing shade at Roddick.
0: I, I know, I know. I'm over here, little little Jibby jabs over here.
1: Dude, the claws are out, bro.
0: I know. <laughs>
2: I mean, anyway. I definitely think that No,
1: let's get into
2: this now. <laughs> <laughs> you throw in uh, Murray's sort of tenacious nature into like a T you know, a Tiafo, somebody who has a, you know, fresh set of legs and somebody who hasn't gone through these multiple surgeries, hasn't done, you know, nearly the extent of extracurricular stuff, you know, negative wise that Murray's gone through definitely think that young americans could use a dose of that um a lot of it is a lot of talk and yeah some of these guys are boasting some good results like Tiafo at the us open last year uh fritz at indian wells and i think fritz has earned his right to kind of be more cocky than some of the other guys you know especially in the last 12 months um but I definitely think that's a good point, and I agree with you, Kyle, that that is something that I think young Americans are missing. Uh, they have access to, you know, the top Americans have access to all the, you know, workout gear that they would ever need or the best trainers or, you know, some of the best coaches. And I think it, it just comes from inside, and a lot of those guys need to kind of step it up mentally um, in, you know, an Andy Murray-esque way. So
1: yeah i mean it's definitely something too. like it's yeah i mean i i think that definitely if i if i'm like a you know an american trying to particularly on the men's side trying to kind of make their mark yeah i'd look to emulate or look at what you know murray what murray's doing you know roger on the court novak rafa any of those guys that have just been you know the the standard in men's tennis for the last 15 20 years so um yeah, I think having a little bit more rolling up the sleeves wouldn't hurt. You no, know, like we talked about, I'm already missing miss a little bit, but particularly on the clay, that's something <laughs> that, that, that can help them. So,
2: yeah,
1: like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I I'd be, I will say too, thinking about men's ten, American tennis as well, like how many coaches do the men's male players have that are like not American as well? I don't know if there's a correlation, but it's like a lot of these guys that are, um, you know, in Europe and uh, countries outside the U.S. and they they have, you know, uh, a non-American coach. You know, I, I don't know if they, they've got, they know the secret sauce, too. It's like you see a lot of, and it's great to see, obviously, when you've got like former American players or like notable people throughout the USTA that are coaching these American players. But it's also like, Do we need, you know, I don't know if lack of a better term, an external hire, you know, somebody who comes in with like a, a fresh set of ideas, maybe they're doing something over in Europe or Asia or in Australia that, that we're not doing in the U S that's giving
0: them the edge. I think a lot of it has to do with the, the, the firepower. Um, You know, I mean, if you get. You know, I mean, just, just imagine if, if you've got John McEnroe as your coach. I mean, yeah, he's he's an American. But just imagine if you've got a John McEnroe as your coach, you know, the the, the amount of firepower that he's going to bring. I mean, just imagine what he brought on the court with himself. You know, he brought firepower 24-7. You know, yes, he was, you know, I, you know, considered the bad boy of tennis back in the day. And, you know, quite frankly, quite a, quite a dickhead um, on the court. But that's the firepower that he brought, though. You know, you know that when he was stepping on the court, it was his best tennis no matter what. And he was gonna make sure that he damn sure, you know, showed you that this was his best tennis because of what he's done and that he's focusing and putting all his efforts into the into the game to show that I'm gonna give you my best and I'm gonna leave it out here on the court and I don't give a fuck what everybody else says. You know, I think that's that firepower that we're lacking. You know, you've got, you know, whether it's I think I mean some of it probably has a little bit of a coach, you know, maybe overseas. I think maybe they're, you know, I feel like they they go all in um so they're not staying up till midnight playing fucking video games and you know gaming with their friends and going you know hitting what club and what bars and you know and stuff um you know i feel like overseas it's more of like they're grinding it into these guys 24 7 that this is what you need to do this is what you're doing this is what you're doing this is what you're doing you know if i see you out partying we're gonna have we're gonna have major problems um you know so again it's almost like that you know hitler style of, of of era of going that point of like you're doing it this way because i'm telling you but in in their minds they're seeing as you're putting i'm putting all my effort into into training you so you need to put all your effort in the court to play and if i if i don't see it then why am i here
1: yeah no i i, I mean i love it kyle i'm just like i feel like you're talking to some of those park tutor brass right now you know
0: Dude, don't get me started on those on those guys. Dear Lord, <laughs> I'd rather coach Cathedral High School than Park Tutor kids.
1: Oh, wow. I enjoyed it's I enjoyed fun.
0: my time. I enjoyed my I enjoyed my time. By all means, I, I loved it. I had fun. Um, do I miss it? No. Um, a lot of a lot of politics um, that kind of go into it, and you know, any Park Tutor you know, kid that's listening to this, you know, I, I promise you, I enjoyed your time that when, that when I did coach with you guys, um, it was definitely a, a fun, fun okay. and eventful time with, uh, you know, Kay Gill, myself and Andrea at the time, um, you know, when she came in in the second year, but when it was just me and Kevin, it was honestly the greatest time. And I had such a blast doing it. Um, you know, definitely I miss all those kids and I definitely do miss that, you know, that time frame that you're, you know, bonding with these kids, showing them, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, it's not about here, it's about here. You know, and it definitely, you know, high school tennis, if you can train that into the high school kids there, you know, hopefully they can take that in, into with them and, and try to mold them into an actual, you know, future person to understand themselves. You know, it's hard to to get that grasp on stuff. Um, definitely being, you know, we're all, you know, hell Pat, me and, me and you are in our thirties and and Marty, you're, you're approaching that, that you know, that that dirty 30 here, here shortly. Um, yeah. But, you know, you hit that dirty 30 and it's like your wisdom hits it almost like you're 55, you know, what, what, what you're doing and tell these kids, you know, these young, you know, these young cats, but, uh, it's, I feel like that, you know, you try to mold them into an actual, spe- you know, an actual person and telling them, you know, this is what you need to be doing. And and to them, they, they don't see it as that way. Cause they just see this, you know, the world black and black and white, and they're doing it one way or another, you know, it's either wrong or right, or I'm going to do it my way. Cause that's what, that's what I've done. Um. But if you can see them to have a, create a different side and create that third dimension, that you know, yes, this, you know, this brick is going to be this way and this way. But if you look at it just the right angle, you're going to see, be able to see off, off, all, all sides of it. Um, it's not just you know two dimensional. You have to look at it from a bigger picture. And what I'm telling you, it's you're going to want to listen to it more and take everything that I'm telling you all together. So. I enjoyed, I again, all the park tutor kids. I enjoyed working with you guys in any school and, and that I've coached at. I've enjoyed and loved it. Um, again, do I miss it? No, I do not. I love my time on the weekends and I don't miss those long match, you know, matches that are going until seven at p.m. on a on a weekday. Um, but you know, maybe Men's Tennis is missing something like that of creating that that dimension of of the coach of trying to say this is what we're doing, this is how we're going to do it you know, I'm telling you and giving you my tricks. I need you to, to, to do that on the court. And maybe it's staying out there for an extra, you know, maybe you're exhausted, you're tired, you know, maybe pushing that extra effort, um, maybe an extra 20 more minutes, you know, maybe you're exhausted and tired and maybe you're starting to, you know, starting to, to fault of, of your forehand or backhand or something, you know, maybe just pushing yourself that extra mile of maybe an extra 10 minutes. Okay. maybe Okay. We'll go an extra more, 10 more minutes, pushing that envelope. I think is going to get that mental toughness there to possibly make it later in the rounds. And then you don't feel afraid to to make it, you know, and, and say, I, I, you know, I'm tired. I, I want to go home. You know, I'm going to keep pu- pushing myself to get better.
1: No, the thing, I, honestly too, I mean, it's, I feel like everything you said, like the, the, those American guys, they need to hear it, you know, it's just <laughs> fire. In them. You know, it's just it's you, the only, the only thing, where you lost me a little bit though, Kyle, is like, you know, if you're coaching a cathedral, you wouldn't want to play LC. You know, that's uh, <laughs> literally right across 465 rivalry. If that's what we call it. You know, I, those mean, play, I, those I'm banders,
0: pretty, I mean, I'm pretty certain, I'm pretty certain I put my JV team to play against LC's <laughs> varsity team. And I'm pretty certain <laughs> <laughs> Cathedral's JV team beat your beat your varsity. Well, it wasn't yours at the time.
1: Uh, that memory's a little hazy, but
0: <laughs> it was a uh, some, it was a tournament. I think it was like a. Uh, it was supposed don't to be a varsity don't, tournament.
1: Don't, don't, don't underestimate those lady bears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, ladies, now, ladies, tennis. That's. That ladies tennis, my hands are clean and free. I don't, I don't, I don't do women's tennis for the ladies.
1: So I, I, gotta say though, I mean it's actually, I know we're getting off on a tangent here. Like, Paul, <laughs> stay on track. Is I learned That's how to hit one And on the Park Tudor courts, and then I practiced, I practiced the one, the onesie at at LC to 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 have it become the beautiful work of art that it is today. So those two schools are. Forever near and dear to my heart. So, I'm all for it. I think we should just do a podcast like Indianapolis tennis. <laughs> yeah. get into, we can throw Marion in there and Marty, Marty, and all of his extensive experience with that. Dude. And uh, dude, it's there's there's so much we could we could dive into. I
0: mean, I, I won't get into specifics on on Indiana tennis, but I mean, honestly, Carmel and <laughs> North Central pretty much rule 24 seven. Unfortunately.
1: Dude, I mean, I, I think I think B. Gill would have something to say about that.
0: I, I don't know. I think I think B. Gill may 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 agree. <laughs>
1: Plus, you got you got your your Jasper, your Evansville. You know, your uh... they get
0: they get there, but Carmel and North Central are always the teams that always make it. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty certain they made it again this past year.
1: Dude, what about Richmond? You on, what about what about the east side of the state?
0: Yeah, Rich Richmond is not making noise at any point
1: hey plus you got to consider uh shoot I'm, I'm, I'm blanking you gotta get pike in there you gotta throw them in the mix <laughs> international broad ripple before that okay
0: before okay the, uh, if, if you're <laughs> talking are these are these the 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 Jagloon schools that you play
1: <laughs> dude they're in the mix. you know you <laughs> conference you know you played in that cupcake conference
0: I you, honestly, we you don't even want to know what our conference was for part tutor. It was not the greatest. It was like Speedway High School. Yes, uh,
1: the Spark plugs. Let's
2: <laughs>
0: <go>. <laughs> it was like Speedway High School. It was uh oh, there was like there were like several teams. I think it was Cardinal Ritter was another one.
1: Oh my God. did you uh, actually play at Speedway High School? Have you guys actually played there before? No. So I,
0: I have though. I know I know exactly. Yeah, I've seen their chords.
1: Yeah. Literally, Marty, have you been there?
0: I've never been there.
1: So for with with the Lady Bears, we go there. <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's like it's in May. So it, it's it's literally only like a mile from the track. So you're I know all during the qualifying, you're hearing the race cars like go around. You know, <laughs> it is so loud. And I was like, oh my god. And they only have five courts, (laughs) so we had to play a full varsity. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. It took forever. And I was like, the varsity, we we barely win, like, (laughs) 3-2. I was just like, oh, my God. And I had, had like, a date that night, too, and I was like, guys, can we just freaking get going here? (laughs) It's so long. And it takes forever. And the bus drive took close to an hour to get back because of traffic and like driving a mini bus and all the inner workings of the different roads. And I'm
0: like,
1: anyway, man, it's so, right there
0: by the, by the softball field. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Oh my God. But yeah, it's <laughs> good times. Anyways, where were we? Marty stay on task.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As much as I love talking about the spark plugs. We can get back on track. The spark plugs. Is that is
0: that that their real Is that their mascot name? Hell yeah, it is. Oh, Oh yeah.
1: Dude, you gotta embrace that. (laughs) You
0: know? Oh, I mean, I guess it's it it makes the, the name, I guess, nice because it's right there by the speedway, but I mean, that sounds awful.
1: I mean, dude, they they even have like uh, they've got banners up that uh that have Toretto on there even. I mean, they, they're all, <laughs> they love it. They love it.
0: Live live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can just know you love that trailer. I mean. Oh. Let's go.
0: All right, man. We gotta. <laughs> we, we went on a nice little tangent, everybody. So sorry about that. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the the lovely, you know, the lovely, you know, times of of our of our talk here.
1: I would say so. I th-
0: I mean, I think that was pretty I think that was top quality, you know, I'm, coverage.
1: about on it. I mean, the inner oh. workings of the, <laughs> <I'm then>.
0: the...
1: <laughs> actually the best is Marty when you're giving that uh I happen to be a fly on the wall for this. God, I don't <laughs> I can't remember if you heard this story, but Marty, I'll let you tell it. But I'm literally watching you teach an adult clinic of of ladies with serving. (laughs) I I don't know know if you remember this, but you're like showing them like how to serve and you're just like bombing. (laughs) Like, yeah,
0: that's
1: how you do it. Boom. One (laughs) twenty five.
2: Oh, God. God. I just you know, then do it. <laughs> This is what it'll look like No, I remember t- <laughs> The ladies three o or 2-5 Clinic at IRC And I was with uh, Karen Courtney She was the other Pro there, so we were like teaching this class And she was like, Marty, why don't you show the ladies How you hit your serve <laughs> I get it down, you know. I kind of do my feel and stuff. You know, when it's when you put it all together, this is what it looks like. So I did my years. Oh, (laughs) oh! (laughs) (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like a
0: bomb fucking went off in this day on the court.
2: (laughs) 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 Over at Pat, he's about to piss his pants. You know, (laughs) over. I, was I I
1: think Connor was with me, but we, I was with somebody, like, I was eating, I was eating lunch or dinner, like, this is like in my club round, was, oh, shoot, <laughs> we're all good here, but, but literally, I was like, I was just like eating, all of a sudden, I was like, wow, like, Marty's just, I <laughs> in front of the, it was so funny.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Marty wanted to get some brownie points with them with those That's hot moms.
1: Cool. Yeah. That was so funny.
0: Right. This is what I could do with my racket ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh man. All right. Any other any other yeah. some some ideas here we've got? You know, I feel like we've covered quite a bit. Um,
2: quality content.
0: Quality. Oh, we've oh, that's just top quality. <laughs> this is quality at its finest. I feel like this is this is what a podcast is about. Here, it's always enjoyable times, and you go off on t- random tangents of stuff. But yep. you know, you know, we talk about the spark plugs, and then talk about Marty's over here trying to score points with some you know fifty year olds. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're the best.
0: Oh man. Well, like I said, we've we've covered quite a bit here. Um any anybody else kind of got some ideas or Ooh-wee.
1: who's the who's the French Open champ this year?
0: Man. If you had I mean I, I mean you can't you can't count Rafa out though. That's the problem. Yeah, I I will say this: if if Al, if Alcaraz can honestly stay healthy, I honestly could see him taking a W this year from there. Mm-hmm. I like it. His game, his 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 his, you know, clay court game is probably, probably I would say, up there on on par with Rafa's t- top you know clay court game. Um, back when Rafa was, you know, back in his early, you know, probably mid-20s, I'd say, you know, where he just was, you know, sliding all over the court and getting balls. Um, Carlos Alcarez kind of reminds me of a young Rafa. Um, I would say not better by any means. I'd say it's pretty almost like a split image of each other. You know, the amount of, you know, tense balls he can get to and hit, it's it's wild. You know, I've never seen anybody slide as much as he does and and slide as well. Um and then you know come back and slide across you know the other court another way, you know and then come to, come to find out he ends up winning the point. So it's just it's wild to see what he can do on a clay court. I've never seen it besides Rafa do it, and he does it just as good as he does.
1: I like it. I like it. Alcaraz, he's the real deal for
2: sure. I would, I would agree. I think um, when you watch him play, he's so. I mean, all the guys in the Pro Tour are athletic, but he just, especially on the clay core, um, he kind of hits that extra gear. Like you said, Rafa taps into where it's like nine out of 10 guys won't get that last ball, but Rafa would. And I would put Alcaraz in that sort of same class. Um, I would say Casper Rude, just because, I mean, he made the final last year, he got waxed in the uh-huh. final. It wasn't competitive, but he still got to the final, um, which is a really impressive accomplishment. So I would put him up there as well. Djokovic, if he is able to play and he's healthy, he's always, you know, he's a past champion, so you can't count him out. Um, so it's, it's. I would, I mean, your number one is Rafa, but besides that, I would say Alcaraz or Rude. Those would be my guesses.
0: See, I feel like Rood's I feel like he's a little overrated, but that's just me. I'm not I mean, I don't mind his game by any means. Um, yeah. he I think he's a little bit overrated for where he's at. Um, I feel like he's more of a top 20 player, not a top five player. Um, you know he's got he's got a good good quality game, uh, but his game's not strong enough to consistently play at that top level. Um, I think there's other guys that are down there that can play at that. Um, you know, Cameron Dory is a guy that you know I feel like he's kind of not a t- maybe not a t- you know not maybe not a top five, uh, but definitely a top ten, 100%. I think he's definitely a top ten player. Um, Hatchenoff's kind of, I think he's kind of pretty much middle of the road. You know, um, I would say one of the guys that's probably making a pretty big impact right now is um, honestly Holger Rune. Um, you know he's really putting that impact into into tennis um, you know and, and I mean he's only what 19 20 yeah so he's still f- fairly young and i mean he's top 10 in the world you know so you've got everywhere from what before novak you know going all the way back to so from alcaraz to medvedev so from number 2 to number 7 or how's this? Let's go here. From the top The top 10, only I think two of them are above 30.
1: Young and backs.
0: That just shows a lot. I mean, even you know, uh, Herbert, Her, was it Hercat? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: Hercat.
0: Not, he's not a bad player. You know, I think he's a pretty middle-of-the-road. I think Yannick Center, I think, is honestly a little bit I think he needs to be ranked higher. I think he's better than what than his ranking. Um, I think there's a lot he needs to work on um, as a player. His movement is not bad. I think he's a little, you know, a little flop It seems like he's kind of a little floppy on the court just because of how tall he is. Um, yeah. I think he's still trying to understand his, his movement. Um, but I think if he can get his movement down, you know, I think he can easily be a top-five player for sure.
1: Yeah, he's got a lot of upside. We've got Killer Cahill in this corner.
2: Yeah,
1: he's a lot of talent. Yeah, he's 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 a guy to watch. Hundred percent.
0: I
2: agree.
1: I gotta say though, I'm a little remiss, gentlemen, that you didn't ask for my French Open pick.
0: Oh well let's but, let's go with yours. No, uh, I, I'm fine actually. I, I'm gonna oh, keep it. I thought I thought I thought you said you said Alcaraz.
1: I did not. I actually didn't. Say, no, I I didn't say a, a pick, but my pick and it's going to be in a very popular opinion, I think, is Sitsabra. He's going to take the oh. okay.
0: See, this is why we so. didn't ask you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all this talk about all these other players, you know, where's the love for Sitsipas? I mean, his dad is the most beloved coach on tour. I mean, the, a
0: the tool, like the tool of the game.
1: Dude, please. Sinbad the sailor. As he hits his onesie, you got the Red Bull product placement on the sleeve. I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. So, I don't see though. What's that?
2: I don't like his onesie.
1: I know his actually his onesie's not great, and his slice is kind of trash. But yeah. but you can't count him out. He's two-time champion of Monte Carlo. He made he he was a set away from winning the French a couple years ago. So, but um, he's my pick for the French, whether you like him or not.
2: Bold claim.
0: That's a it's a bold statement there, Cotton.
1: <laughs> Hold on, though. I will say, you say Casper Rud got his ass kicked. The I didn't
0: say Alex, yeah.
1: Alex says, has not made a final. Uh, I guess he did win a major, though. So.
0: Well, he's made a, he's so made it. a final. He's actually won a ma- I mean,
1: and he won a major. Well, shoot. So I like your predictions have more credibility. I'll give you that, but I'm still going with of Ah,
0: uh.
1: don't worry, guys. We'll we'll, we'll toast to my, uh, you know, accurate prediction in June. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> There's like,
0: no way if he wins. I'm if he wins, then I'm done.
1: <laughs> I will say this just for this because we're talking about it. Do you see? I I think you got to give. Tips of is going to bag a French Open before his time is done, though. I think he's going to win one before he retires. You think he won't win one major
0: before uh, he retires? I don't. Before I think. He, I, think I was just
2: going to say, I, don't, I think he'll win a major. I don't think it'll be the French Open.
1: Which one do you think it'd be? Aussie? Yeah. Could see that. That,
0: that so. I could see, unfortunately. I mean,. I just don't like, he's just a, he's a tool. No, I mean, he's just, he's a total douchebag on the court.
1: I mean, he is a douchebag, but he's also been a consistent he's good. player. Like
0: the last, uh, years. no, I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely playing consistent and he, he keeps it that way. Um, But again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll be French. I think he'll, he'll try, he'll get there multiple times um, and just can't capitalize. You know, I think that's that's what he'll he'll do. It's almost like a uh, uh, kind of like a Sangha, you know, Sangha or a Tomas Berdych, you know. Just he'll they get to that that point consistently, but they can't get over the threshold. They can't get over the threshold. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the same same way as I think of of him is you know, could he win? Could he win one? Maybe will it be one that everybody thinks no, but. I think it'll, he'll be – he'll always be that person that's going to get there every single time but can't get over the hump to actually physically get a, get a W because you've got other guys that are coming up that are going to be just as, you know, just as good if not better. And, you know, again, you've got your Alcrez's. You've got your – you know, I don't think Taylor – you know, Taylor Fritz is going to be anybody to really worry about at a major. Um, but you've got Felix, Alge, Ali Yassim. Um, you know, I mean, he's got Rafa's coach in, in his corner – You know, so I mean, that's a guy that I definitely I think he'll win several majors um, himself. Um, There's there's a lot of issues that he has to work out. Uh, I don't think Holger Rune will win anything. I think he'll be kind of like a Sitsipas. I think he'll make it to some stuff. Just can't get over the over the hump. Uh, Center will probably win a set will probably win a couple. Um, I mean, I could even see, you know, a Cameron Norrie taking maybe one getting one major and just calling it a day. You would pick
1: Cam Nori to win a major over Sisyphus. I, I would. Sisyphus is a deuce, but that is blasphemy.
0: But why? Uh, Cam Nori is not that bad of a player. He's he's not a tool on court. He's not, a left-handed not bad player. Of a
1: player. Does not translate to winning majors.
0: I think he'll. I think he'll get. I think he'll get at least one. Jason
2: oh
1: my Wood. God. Kyle, I want to. I want to have what you're having right now. What? What, which you one want, would
0: he win? You don't want to know what I got. I got this shit on the corner. Which one would he win? <laughs> oh my! I God. mean, I could see. I mean, he plays. He played well on. Was it what was it? Grass last year. He did didn't, well.
2: Did have a big win over
0: somebody? Yeah, he beat yeah. Alcaraz. Yeah.
1: He just beat him, but injured Alcaraz. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean a a strong Alcaraz, an uninjured Alcaraz, there's no I mean, is not gonna no way Cam Nori would beat him. But Cam Nori will get, I think, would I think I could see him getting at one just like a mishap. What that would be, I don't know.
1: I mean, I get it, like since the boss, he's a tool. Like I get it, but I mean, like, you know, your personal issues with the bro aside, I mean, he's a hell of a lot better player than Cam Norrie. And the results speak to it. I mean, it just, the guy has been, I mean, he was a set away from winning a major. He just made the Aussie Open final. I mean, from a major standpoint, yes. Norrie just made a semi of Wimbledon last year. Okay. Uh, Good for him, especially with like the hometown pressure, like, especially in that backyard. Like, I'll give it to him. But
0: Was it it a semi or was it a quarter?
1: He made the semi. Um, And he lost to, uh, I think it was Joker. That he lost to, I think it's okay. Joker, but he's but I, to me it's just like I like Cam Nori, but to me he's he's got to show me a little more if I'm going to actually take him seriously as a major contender, in my opinion. But so I just like even biases aside because I've always like I've always liked, liked since game, even though it's it's hard to cheer for him because he is a tool. But to me, I got to see more out of Nori before I would even. Throw him in the.
0: So, what yeah. about Matteo? What about Matteo Berrettini?
1: I would, yeah, healthy. A healthy Matteo Berrettini at Wimbledon, yes, I would definitely because, like grass, he's he's dangerous as hell. I mean, he was he's won a couple tune ups. He's been to a final of Wimbledon. I would, and I, and I, I think he's like been there up, twice. Is it two Wimbledons finals?
0: I like think he's. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was. Thought he's been there twice because he,
1: so even more, just, yeah,
0: I believe so. Don't quote me.
1: I would say because he he's and Mateo he's I mean like with, like a lot of people his Djokovic has been his kryptonite. He's lost to Djokovic so many times in, uh, but I think I think Mateo's made at least the quarters of every major. Yeah. Yeah. And he's I would say Berrettini absolutely. I would say he gets. It would be a shame if he doesn't get a Wimbledon or two before his time's done. I can see him maybe even doing, like, an even-ease of its run in the twilight of his career and getting a Wimbledon, for sure. I'm not saying Nori – actually, I am saying Nori couldn't do it. I, I don't I don't see him winning a major. <laughs> he, he's got to show me a lot more. And honestly, for to me, if Nori to win a major, like, none of the top ten, like, they somehow get upset or they're injured. Um, no, it's it's a it's a free for all at the major, <laughs> and, and he gets it. But I know he won Indian Wells, but that's a Masters one thousand. It's as you guys know, it's totally different.
0: Oh, it's a tad, totally different. What but about Corda?
1: Yes, I would say Corda just with the the upside. I mean, he had a, hopefully he's okay with his wrist. I'm a little nervous about how that. Yeah, happened. but he's yeah. I would say Corda has the goods to be a major champion, for sure.
2: He looks most uh, natural of, like, his generation. His strokes yeah. super smooth. He's, like, the most fluid of his generation. I like watching him play.
0: His yeah. movement's a lot better, I feel like, than most of the Americans. Mm-hmm. He moves pretty well on the court as well, so I, I I like him as a player, so yeah.
1: I'm a fan of sure he's he's a guy
0: yeah but seems like he's got a pretty solid head on his shoulders as well so he's not a he's not a tool bag <laughs> cool.
1: yeah, sorry kyle, pat you, you had to bring up sissipas kyle i mean every
0: yeah. time i did i didn't have to bring up shit <laughs>
1: apostolos dude i mean he's he's the future
2: he's such a douche <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god. So who's actually I gotta so who's basically, at least in my mind, like definitely like the US Open is one where that's that it seems to be an opportunity where there's always like a somebody outside of a Novak or Rafa that wins a major. Who's who's your guys' pick outside of the you know the Jokovic Nadal um, to win a major this year? In- Did you say <laughs> Oh my god,
0: yes, yes.
1: If Cam Dory wins a major this year, I will buy each of you 1942 Don Julio, like top shelf tequila.
0: I don't Uh, do tequila, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you know
1: It's not going to happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll take you. I I,
1: I love his story. I'm happy for the bro, but I mean, no, this is not. (laughs)
0: Give me Nishioka, we're good to go.
1: Nishioka, oh my god, he hits the shit out of the ball. But um, I mean, like.
0: I would say out of the top guys, you know,
1: like who's the guy if, that you think that that would win? It, in my mind, more than I, likely, probably the U.S. Open. But
0: the one that I want to win is Felix if he can bring it and string it all together, I think he can, he can do well, but he has to play consistent. That's the problem. He's a very up and down player. And he's that roller coaster rider that, you know, just loves to go up and down, up and down 24, um, seven. And in men's and tennis, you can't do that. You have to stay consistent and you have to play that way no matter what. Um, I mean, I can see a Yannick center taking a, taking a major Probably sometime this year. He's got the game for it. He's got the move, you know, the 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 playability. You know, he's got the serve. His serves gets a little funky on certain times. But if his serve is on, you know, I could see it pretty solid for two weeks winning a major. Mm-hmm. If I mean I would say it'd probably be more than likely probably be US. I don't know about grass. I don't know how his grass court game is.
2: I would get- I would say center, like, I still like Casper Rudin. I really do. There's something about his game that I just like. Um, It seems that off the court, he's a mellow guy as well. Um, One guy that you never really can figure out if he's going to play well or not is Kyrgios. Um, If he's healthy, he could be... Buddy, I mean he's been to also.
0: Yes. Yeah,
2: like really count him out. Um, but at the I same, I think he's out.
0: Is he out for the rest of the year, though?
2: Yeah, he just had knee surgery. So, now that I think about that, I think it's a long shot. Um, but <laughs> healthy, I would say he's one of my top picks to one major outside of you know the top two, Djokovic and Nadal. Um, I also see Taylor Fritz. I could see him going at a U.S. Open. That would be the only major I could see him winning as well. Uh, I don't see him being dangerous on clay or grass. Um, I think the fast, hard to of the U.S. Open are his best bet. So I would say Fritz as well. There so. we
0: go. I like it. I like it. Well, let's, let's hear your thoughts, Pat. Besides tool bag,
2: hey Pat, can you give us your thoughts, please? Yeah, please,
0: to- please. I want to know. I need to jot this down, sir.
1: Thank you for asking, guys. I would say I'm going to say Alcaraz at the uh, at the US Open. I think he's because I, I think it's Rafa, maybe Novak at the French. Novak's going to get Wimbledon. Uh, those guys got a string hold in those two majors. So I'd say Alcaraz is going to defend his title. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be, you know, fresh to defend his title in New York. That's my.
2: Especially if Djokovic, uh,
0: no, yeah,
2: can't get like an exemption. I think he's yeah. still exemption for U.S. Yeah, because I think I think,
0: what... I think he can this year. I think he should be fine. Well, he's still.
2: It. Did you see
1: their? Did you see their statement?
0: Mm-mm.
1: they just released a statement uh the u s t a did like today about like hey Novak, like we hope that you can play um you know Indian wells of miami um you know, best of luck to you and and looking forward to seeing you hopefully soon like in North America or whatever, so I'm like that. I think they're just you know I feel like they're whether he's allowed to play the sunshine double or not, he's going to be playing in New York.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's 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 way in, later in the season.
2: Yeah. Because it sounds like uh, Tommy Haas, because he's the tournament director for Indian Wells now, he was trying to pull for Djokovic to play. I guess him and Djokovic were in contact. He's like, yes, of course, I want to play, but I'm still waiting on my exemption. Um, yeah government and as of today he still hasn't gotten it and i think the latest absolute latest he can pull out of the tournament technically is sunday in order to like not i don't know if it's penalty is not it wouldn't be penalties but it's like take a hit on his ranking or something uh-huh. like just because of this exemption um so if that's still the case, you know, when the U.S. Open comes around, I wonder how that'll be handled. Um, I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see. It's unprecedented at this point. You never really, we haven't really gone through this before, uh, in terms of like professional sports. You see it in other sports, but it's it's new for everybody, especially for someone like Djokovic, who's the best out. There, so. Yep. We'll see.
0: So if we're if we're going with U.S. Open, then who's going to win Wimbledon?
2: Federer.
0: Federer. <laughs> Who do? You, what do you say? Federer. <laughs>
2: Roger, he's coming back.
0: Roger just, will be there I just. Was, Roger had will had be there card. just to support.
1: He comes out into Carnegie and just like <laughs> he gets a wild card.
2: <laughs> <it up. laughs> Or like him and San Francisco enter the doubles draw and just
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god.
1: Uh, uh that would be amazing. I would love for the scene play. But yeah, it's it's surprising to me, but Novak, he's been so dominant at Wimbledon. Um yeah. I mean, really the last like, at least five or six years. I mean that's just, has he that has made he
0: tied Has he tied Roger now with the most with Wimbledon titles?
1: No, he's He's, at he's one
0: less. Okay, so Roger's got seven. He Novak's got six.
1: No, Roger's got eight. Actually. Oh, okay. I think he's tied with Sampras with seven.
0: Okay, so he's one behind.
1: Maybe it's two. I I, I'm hoping Novak only has six. I, but I think he has seven. He's 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 right there. Um, but he's it's but he he's definitely going to be the guy to beat.
0: Let's hear it, Mr. Fact Check, Mr. Facts.
1: He has six. No, it's seven.
2: Microsoft Bing says six. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what does? <laughs>
2: Microsoft Bing.
1: (laughs) Oh, Google says seven. I don't know which one
2: we take. Djokovic has won Wimbledon title on six occasions, first winning in 2011. He's been defending champion of Wimbledon since 2018. So 11, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So that's six.
1: Okay, I'll take it. I'm just seeing. No, I'm good with that, honestly, because now he he's two less than Roger for uh, Wimbledon's. Yeah, at least keep at least give Federer a couple records still. I know, but Novak, he's I I don't see anybody beating. Berrettini um, could be a threat if he's healthy trying To think who else has been like somewhat consistently uh, performing well on grass, like outside of I, obviously Roger, but he's no longer on the tour, so I mean, I don't know, it's it's kind of it's definitely, I feel like it's Joker, which is tournament to lose,
0: yeah. Let's okay. see here. He has, he has seven. Oh. Oh. I believe it's it, he has seven. I'm looking at it right now from, from where it is. Djokovic? Yeah, he has seven Wimbledons. Okay. Because let's see here. He won it in 11, won yep. it in 14, won it in 15, won it in 18, 19, 21, 22.
1: Yeah,
0: yep. there's seven. He's 86 and 10. Oh, this Not,
2: This article doesn't include last year. That's why. Ah. Uh,
0: nice. 2011, 14, 15,
2: 18, 19, 21.
0: And then 22. Yeah, so that's why it says six. So he's tied. He's, his win percentage is, is the most wild thing. 92% at uh, Australian Open, 84% at uh, French, 90% at Wimbledon, 86% at U.S. Open. He's 89 and eight at the Australian Open.
2: My God! You know what? He's still 100% a douche
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and a tool. joker
1: so cool oh lordy what a brother! all right
0: all right guys today we've i think we'll sum it up today we've we've had a lot of random and 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 uh, crazy wild talks today on our show um you know hopefully everybody can tune in you know we've got an hour and 45 minutes on this conversation uh not a little bit longer than that but uh hopefully everybody can tune in for it you know it's definitely an enjoyable time but uh hopefully everybody enjoys it and you know, keep on listening. We'll keep, you know, tuning in. I think sometime next week we're going to try to tune in on during an actual live match, uh, during the, uh, Indian Wells. So I say we can really comment on, on some things, maybe try to really hit that hard. Um, you know, see exactly what's going on, maybe figure out a good match, and maybe kind of watch a little bit, um, maybe get, you know, get a little, uh, you know, play by play almost, you know, so, so I think that'll be kind of interesting. Uh, so tune in, to, uh, yeah, see yeah. I'm over here sparking your guys' interest already. Um so please stay stay tuned guys, you know, episodes, uh you know, we've got plenty of episodes coming with uh, the next couple of tournaments coming up um and even more after that. So please stay tuned, you know, I'd say 6, 7, you know, possibly 8 uh sometime next week. Um and we'll get things rolling from there. So it's been a pleasure guys. Have enjoy and uh Please keep tuning in, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep giving you the uh, the shop.